Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our service this morning on this special Easter day when we remember the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and join together in celebration. You're all very, very welcome indeed. And if you're a visitor with us this morning, either here in church or online, thank you for joining us. I want to welcome back to the pulpit Reverend Alvin Little. Alvin, as you know, was with us last week and he stepped in again this week because Mark and Elaine are both testing positive for COVID. So we hope that they will be over the COVID very, very soon. And just to tie in with that, Mark will be taking his Easter break as soon as he recovers. So <laughs> what can he do? He needs all the recovery time he can get. So we expect him back on duty from Tuesday the 18th. So if in the meantime, there is the need for a minister, please contact any elder or contact myself. I want to also say welcome to our friend Douglas Kakosa. You remember Douglas and his family were here for our mission Sunday three weeks ago. So they're back to worship with us this morning. You're always very, very welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. And the final announcement that I have is that next Sunday night, the prayer time and the Bible study is canceled. That's for next Sunday night, they're canceled. So those are the announcements this morning. Alvin, look forward to take, you're taking our service and I'm not gonna go on the slide. That's good. That's a bit of a relief, isn't it? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Can you hear me okay, yeah? Yep, oh, that's it now, good, good. Uh, so, yeah, what a joy, like what a joy uh, on Easter Sunday morning to be uh, alive and, and, and what a joy uh, just to celebrate and worship God together as a congregation for all that God has done for us and all that God has won for us through Jesus, has won his only, his beautiful son and, and, and our saviour and what a joy to declare as a congregation, uh, as congregations have done through the ages, you know those um, lovely words and um, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. So I, I thought it would be lovely if we um, uh, were able to stand as a congregation, if you're able to stand and what we'll do is we'll, we'll do this three times. I'll say Christ has died and then you say Christ is risen, Christ will come again and then I'll say Christ has died. We'll do it three times and just do it to declare our faith with love and with joy. You know, just imagine that you're in a, an island rugby match, you know, just something like that there, you know, and you're declaring uh, with joy uh, this glorious and then we'll just immediately go on and sing uh, that lovely hymn, Thine uh, Be the Glory, Risen Conquering Son. So if you're able, would you please stand and we'll uh, do this. So. I'll say, I'll do Christ has died, and when you do, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Okay? Great. You ready? Um, Christ has died. Christ has died. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Well, then let's worship him together with real joy and with conviction. Thine be the glory.
Sidi. So let's come, let's come in prayer. Let's just bow our heads, open wide our hearts. And just the invitation of Easter, you know, is that the, the curtain is torn. The, the doors open, the ways uh, made possible. You and I can enter right in, into the presence of, of God, in, into the presence of Jesus. Just love to draw you there. Just love to draw you to the place where you set down whatever you set down so that you can press in by faith. Father in heaven, our hearts are, are full this morning, just full of love, full of faith, full of Jesus full of thankfulness and, and praise, Father, for all that you have done for us, all that you have won for us uh, upon that cross. Father, it's just such a, a relief to us to know that all of our sin debt has been paid for, all our guilt, our sh shame, our sin has been covered over, taken away. And, Father, that the doors open and that we come, we, we come into your presence this morning. We, we come confessing, Father, confessing our selfishness and our, our self-centeredness, just all those ways that we kind of, you know, turn in on ourselves and, and just all that overflows out from us that, that's broken, that's sinful, that's um, failure. And Father, as we come, just how we want to, you know, turn away from all of that. And how we just want to turn afresh to you, Lord, and, and how we just want to take hold of you. How we're so thankful for what you've done for us and, uh, upon that cross, Jesus. And how we... Our hearts long to meet you today here in this building as our risen Savior, as our risen Lord. So, Holy Spirit, would you just come uh, amongst us? Would you come amongst us in power this morning? Like, may we never lose the wonder the wonder of the cross. May we see it like it was the first time standing as sinners lost. Would you fill our hearts with joy? Would you flood our souls with joy today? Would you come amongst us, loving Jesus? Will you come amongst us and just receive our adoration? Amen. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love just to be in your presence and more than any other thing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Super, uh, boys and girls. I'm not going to ask you to um, come forward today because, well, you don't really know me and I'm quite shy really being up here. So uh, 
But I wondered whether uh, I might get, uh, I have some sweets, so that's always kind of like a plus, isn't it, you know? So I, I, I'd wonder if it was possible if I could have maybe um, a couple of volunteers. I've got a wee game that I would like us to play. So, okay, Joshua, you're, you're keen, so you can come. Yeah, yeah. Good. Any, anybody else? Any? Yeah, yeah, come on. Sure, yeah, yeah. Super. Good. Good girl. Brilliant. Thank you for volunteering. Brilliant. Absolutely great. Oh, good, good. <laughs> okay. Super. Oh, great. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Okay. So, what, what the, so, the game's this. I brought a slide uh, to church, which is always good fun. So, yeah, I can go see that at your house. So, what we're going to do is this. Here's the game. The game is that I'm going to give you each an Easter egg, which is always good in itself, isn't it? Now, if, if I don't have enough Easter eggs here in this uh, bag, because I thought there was going to be two or three volunteers. <laughs> so, hold on to Easter egg for a second. Ah, oh, you're so good, but I brought more Easter eggs just in case. <laughs> Uh, there you are. Wouldn't leave you out. Okay, so the game's dead easy. Game's dead easy. And it's this. So I, here's where the slide comes in. I want you to get uh, your Easter egg. And I want you to roll it down uh, this slide. Okay? Now here's the thing. If it goes under uh, the chairs at either side, doesn't count. So it's a it's the Easter egg that gets first, the furthest down the carpet. So you only might get to there. But say somebody else goes underneath it. Does that make sense to you? So it's a one that gets furthest down the carpet. Now, just before we do it, boys and girls, talk to me and tell me this. What has an Easter egg to do with Jesus? Uh, or, don't shout out. Or Easter egg to do with Jesus or to do with Easter Sunday. Do you know? Okay. It represents the boulder, yeah. Well, this pushing the Brilliant. What were you going to say, Joseph? Um, oh, uh, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he risen today. He's risen today, yes, and you're, uh, you are exactly right, because when, when they buried Jesus on Friday, they, they put him in this kind of cave, that's how they buried people, know this. and then they put a big stone, do you see the big stone there? And they rolled that stone across the entrance so that nobody could get in, or Jesus couldn't get out or anything. And then, when the women came on Easter Sunday morning, guess what? He wasn't. He was risen, and the stone was rolled back, wasn't it? How did that even happen? How did that, I don't know how that happened. It was an angel did that. And so uh, the news was he is risen. So that's what we're trying to remember. Okay, so do you want to go first? So it's, you can roll it as hard as you want. I, I'll do it just a week's example. You can roll it as hard as you want, but you're more likely to go in underneath the thing. So I'll have we go see how good I am. You ready? Ooh, I did really well. I don't, I don't know if you can see that. I did really. No, it doesn't matter. Right, okay, so you have we go. Remember which one's yours now. Oh, I went underneath the chair. Sorry, you can't see us in camera. No, no. Uh, okay, Joshua, you go. It's hard, it is hard. 
Oh, brilliant, brilliant, okay. Good man. Right, here we go. Oh! Right. Oh, yes! <laughs> Hold on, okay. Oh! Oh! Right, come on, good girl. Okay, and this one. Oh, is that is that everybody? Yeah. So this person won. Who is this person here? Brilliant. Well done. Well done. And boys and girls, just yeah, you can you can go and get them. Yeah, you can go and get them. Your own. Yeah. Did you get them? Yeah. Has everybody got one? Boys and girls, just before you go back to your seats, just to say this. We're not just remembering something that Jesus did way, 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 way long time ago. Do you know the good news is? Jesus rose and he's alive and he's alive here today. And he's alive and he wants to listen to you. He wants you to chat to him and talk to him. And he wants to speak to you. And then when we read the Bible, he wants to speak to you. And he wants to come right into your heart and right into your life. And he wants to live inside you. And he wants to forgive you for anything you've done wrong. Wrong, and he wants to be your friend and your boss and your king and he says come follow me give your life to me and come follow me for the rest of your life and I'll be your savior and I'll be your friend and I'll be your king I'll be everything to you brilliant super so do you want to go back down to your seats again I don't like cream eggs you don't like cream eggs for that <laughs> you don't like oh hold on here 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 you are do you want, Joyce, do you want to, uh, one of those? There you are. Okay, so, and any boy or girl who didn't come up, if you want a wee um, sweet at the end, you just come, you can have an Easter egg, or you can have a wee sweet if there's one. So, Sunday Club did a, a, a wee video um, of a, a song that they were doing out in Sunday Club. So, before they go, before boys and girls go out, they're going to show us this, and, and uh, we're going to uh, watch this together.
some lovely moves there. Just remind me when I used to be a dancer, you know. So. <laughs> Super happy Easter indeed. So, boys and girls, I think I can go out to Christ Sunday Club and that kind of thing, and that would be super. We just take a moment to be quiet and just to um, pray and You know, we have the most incredible news. Jesus Christ has broken death's grip. He's taken away um, death's fear. Christ has risen. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear about death. Nothing to fear about dying. And Christ is risen, therefore, you know, when you have a relationship with him, it like opens up a whole new dimension to life. There's a spiritual dimension to our lives. And, and when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you come into a, a whole new dimension of life and living and enjoyment. And yet I'm very aware that we, we still live in a world that is full of, of fear, full of anxiety, full of of worries and, and that people are struggling. Maybe you're struggling. And maybe as you walked in through those doors today, you carried something in your heart into this place. And you think, how, how do I cope? How, how can I cope? And how, when Easter Sunday is such a, a, meant to be such a joyful day, just such an amazing day, like I don't feel amazing, I don't feel joyful. <coughs> just love you to just open your heart and just receive and from Jesus everything that by his spirit he would love to do in your life today. He's here. He really is. It isn't just history that we're talking about. It's not just that we're thinking back to something that happened 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away. We're talking about because he is alive, he lives. And because he lives, he is here and he is near. And there's nothing in your heart and there's nothing in our lives and there's nothing in our world that he isn't intimately involved with. <coughs> and so, Father, would you come? Would you come um, into our hearts in this room this morning?
Would you reach into any areas of anxiety or, or angst or, or pain or worry? And beyond us, Father, we know that even in our province, even you know, in our world, there is such pain, there is such struggles, there are such battles. And I'd love you if there's, you know, a particular situation that's on your heart. I'd love you just going to give you a moment just to lift that up and say, Jesus, I really would love you to make a difference. Again, just he's here by a spirit. He's here amongst us. He's listening to our hearts and he's, he's speaking into our, 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 our lives. So, Jesus, we just want to know you in these moments. Your precious name we pray. Amen. And let's at this point bring our offerings and our, our gifts to God. Karen will play um, something for us as we do. So, to, so let's bring our offerings and our gifts to God. Let's pray and give these gifts to God. Father, we do. We just, in the light of the cross, 
we just bring our lives and, and just lay them down at your feet and bring these gifts and say, God, how we long that uh, you use us and our gifts to really uh, proclaim to this world, to tell everyone the good news that, that there is a Savior. We are no longer lost, that there is hope, there is life, there is joy in relationship with you. So use these gifts. And Father, we do pray for Mark and Elaine, just that you would draw so close to them at home, and just they would know, be overwhelmed by the sense of your presence and, and by your healing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Worship again with the song, I Cast My Mind at Calvary. It's just a song really taking us back to the cross again. So a lovely, lovely hymn. So let's stand, let's worship together.
super. Absolutely great words, aren't they? Powerful words. I'm going to read the Bible uh, together now. Um, just want to look at Mark 15. Mark's Gospel, chapter 15, uh, 37 through to um, 16, verse 8. So we were just um, picking up just uh, uh, Jesus on the cross and just those final moments uh, when he cries in his last uh, breath. And, and just beautiful, powerful uh, words from, um, from Mark. So this is God's word. We love God's word because God speaks to us as we just open our hearts to him. So hear God's word. And with a loud cry, and Jesus breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I mean, those curtains, I don't know what height those curtains are. Anybody know what height those curtains are? Curtains in the temple were 60 feet high, 18 meters high. And just that they were ripped apart in the moment of Jesus' death. They were ripped apart from the top down, from God down. It wasn't somebody from below. It was God ripped them apart to say, the wound of my presence is broken open. You can come in, come in. That's what he said. And in verse 39, when the centurion, that Roman soldier, who had watched all of this, who had organized all of this, stood there in front of Jesus, looking into his face, heard his cry, and saw how he had died. He said, surely this man was the Son of God. And some women uh, were watching from a distance. Uh, Amongst them were, were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the, the, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed Jesus and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Luke, Luke tells you many women disciples followed Jesus. It was preparation day. That's Friday before the Sabbath so uh, Sabbath starts at 6 um, p.m. on, on Friday um, afternoon. And so we're probably about 4, 5, that kind of time. So as evening approached, Joseph Arimathea, a prominent member of the religious council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. The word means corpse, dead body. It's, it's going to come four times in the next few verses. Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus was already dead. People would, you know, the, the, the cross was designed to keep you alive and keep you suffering for the maximum time possible. So people could last a day, two days, three days, four days hanging on this thing. I mean, it was designed for that purpose, to make you suffer as much as you could for as long as you could. And so Pilate's really surprised that, that Jesus is already dead. So summoning the centurion, here he is again. He asked him if Jesus had already died. And when he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body, the dead body, to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth from the shop. 
took down the body, the dead body, wrapped it in the linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was led, saw which grave it was, no mistake. So Sabbath starts at 6 p.m., goes through uh, uh, until um, 6 p.m. on Saturday. And when Sabbath was over 6 p.m. on Saturday, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices from the shops which had reopened again, so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body, dead body, very early on the first day of the week, Sunday morning, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb. But when they looked up, because they're looking down, their hearts are down, they're broken hearted. They're, they're going to a grave, the visit the grave of the person they love most. But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. You see, it's eyewitnesses, it's detailed account. And they were alarmed, frightened out of their wits. Have you ever met an angel? Honestly, you'd be frightened out of your wits if you did as well. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they led him. But go and tell his disciples, and tell especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see Jesus, just as he told you trembling and bewildered the women went out and fled from the tomb they said nothing to anyone because they were frightened I mean it was traumatizing for them it was the last thing that they expected the wee uh, title that I gave to the talk I think it'll come up can any sensible person really believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead on Easter and Sunday that's the title that, that I've given um, to the wee talk and come up in PowerPoint in a wee second you see like for us for followers of Jesus Easter Sunday is the happiest day of the whole uh, year but, but not everybody shares our excitement in fact some people look at us with a mixture of disbelief and pity and, uh, and amusement because for them we are totally mad like totally sad they say to us that we're worshipping an imaginary God in the skies they say that we're putting our faith and trust in a book the Bible that's full of unfairable stories. Stories that were written down years after the fence recorded and probably got changed in the telling. Stories that were made up by dear knows who made them up. Stories that are historically unreliable, based more on fiction than in fact. And who in their right minds today would believe such a mess, never mind give their whole lives to follow such a saviour? I mean, it sounds good. And, and I don't know if you have friends and family who think exactly like that and have said something like that to you. It sounds great. Or until 
you ask those who are the experts, who are used to examining and sifting through evidence of ancient documents. Because if you ask any of them, they'll come to a completely different conclusion. Let me give you quickly a couple of examples just to show you what I mean. So, Professor Thomas Arnold, Oxford University, used to an uh, expert in Roman history, ancient documents. Uh, and he said this, that he's used to examine the, and where the evidence of, 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 of ancient documents. And there is no one fact in the history of mankind proved by better and fuller evidence to a fair inquirer than that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the grave. Or take um, someone who was a former Lord Chief Justice of England. And Nicky Gumbel says he is a brilliant man. He was a brilliant man. Top of the legal profession. Used to sifting through evidence to find out what's true and what's false. And he said this concerning the resurrection. We're not merely asked to have faith because in its favour there exists such overwhelming evidence that no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring a verdict that the resurrection actually did happen, that it is true. You see, in any court of law, the, the most convincing evidence is that of eyewitnesses, of people who were actually there, actually saw it in person. And what Mark's given uh, to us is people who actually saw um, Jesus die and then people who saw Jesus rise again. Like we know, I'm a minister, I have buried so many people, I think a thousand people, something like near that, that in my lifetime. But I have never met anyone who came back from the dead. And neither had they until that first Easter Sunday morning. The resurrection of Jesus was and is and continues to be the absolute miracle, astounding, supernatural work of God. Breaking death's feist-like grip, breaking through the death's unbreakable deadlocks and opening a door for us into life where there was no door before. And because Jesus has been resurrected, raised from the dead, the promise is that you and I can be as well. That death is no longer a hopeless end to a meaningless life here on earth. It's a gateway into a glorious new relationship with God here and now and then and forever and ever. And so I, I just want to look briefly at two eyewitnesses from the Bible and then one person um, from uh, today. So two eyewitnesses. Number one, the Roman soldier, did Jesus really die? Mark 15, 37 to 39 is what I, I, I want us to look at. This guy is a soldier, obviously. Like, he's not a Jew. He's not a woman. He's a hard-nosed military officer. His only interest in Jesus, and listen, he had killed uh, uh, more men, crucified more men than you've killed flies. And his only interest in Jesus is to get the job done, get him crucified and get off the shift and get home for tea. He's no heart, no interest, no feelings for Jesus. What does he care 
Like he's probably been in charge of the soldiers who thrashed and whipped Jesus uh, to near death before nailing him to the cross. He's watched dispassionately as the soldiers played uh, dice for Jesus' clothes and he's listened to the agonizing cries of Jesus from the cross. But something happens. Something happens as he listens to that cry, verse 39. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said this, surely this man was a son of God. This interest, Mark opens his gospel in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, with these words, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. But nobody else right through the gospel has recognized that Jesus is the Son of God. Nobody until this point, until this soldier, until this Roman man, looks at Jesus, sees how he, how he dies and says, surely he was the Son of God. He heard that cry. Well, one of the last cries of Jesus on the cross was in these words, tell et testat. It means it is finished. It's not a cry of defeat of a man who's just about to die. It's a cry. It's not like, I'm finished, I'm thrown in the towel, I can't take it any longer, I'm done, I'm finished, over, I'm going to die. It's not that. It's a cry of victory. It's a cry of saying, I've done it, I've won it. It's worked. I've taken your sins upon my body. It's, 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 I've accomplished it, it's victory. I've, I've defeated sin and death and hell. I've broken the chains that have held people in darkness and fear. And when he heard that cry and saw how Jesus died with his own two eyes, he was convinced this man really is God in second person, the God of heaven standing hanging on a cross here on earth. Here's a second eyewitness. A woman called Mary Magdalene. Magdalene Magdala was a town just beside Capernaum up north in Galilee. Mary's obviously a woman, a follower, a disciple of Jesus. According to Dr. Luke, and he should know, she was demonized, seven demons in, a, in her life. I don't know if you've ever met anybody who's demonized. I have. You know this isn't psychiatric illness. This is demonization. And Mary, her life was broken. But she was gloriously saved and gloriously transformed when Jesus healed her and cast out the demons. And she'd followed Jesus, she'd followed like many of the women did all the way down from Galilee, down to be with him in Jerusalem. And when the men disciples deserted and ran, verse 40, were told that, that the women stayed and watched. And Mary was amongst them, verse 40. 
And when Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and asked for the dead body of Jesus, when he got permission and he took Jesus down from the cross, wrapped him in linen, with Nicodemus carried him um, to the tomb and placed him in the tomb. We're told in verse 47, Mary Magdalene saw where Jesus was laid, knew exactly which grave it was. No mistake. And she saw it with her own two eyes. And when she and Mother Mary, Mary come to the grave early on Sunday morning in the 16th verse 1, they're coming to the grave like we go to the grave to lay flowers of their dead saviour and friend. They are not for one minute expecting. And what they see shocks them. The grave is open. The stone is rolled away. And they meet an angel who speaks to them. And says this to him, you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, dead, and buried. He is risen. He's not here. He's not here. See the place. See the grave clothes. But Jesus is not here. And then these incredible words, but go and tell. Go and tell his disciples that he's alive. Go, go and tell his disillusioned, his defeated, his downhearted, his doubting disciples. Go and tell them th that Jesus is alive. And go and tell especially Peter. Would you tell especially Peter? Because he's broken, he's crippled, because he's failed Jesus, he's let him down. His heart is breaking. Would you tell especially Peter? Do I wonder what kind of a disciple you are this morning? Do you have doubts? Are you sitting in church and you think, I, I'm not even sure, Alvin, if, if I believe this thing. I, like, I'm not even sure if I believe this whole thing's true at all. I have doubts. I have questions. Like, I've been let down with God. I, I, I'm disappointed. The angel says to Mary, go and tell people like that in Ballycrockham. Jesus is alive. Go and tell people beyond Barry Crock that there's more to life than this and there's more to life than this life. Go and tell uh, people all around you, your neighbours, your friends, your work colleagues, that there's a saviour, that we are no longer lost, that, that life does have a meaning and a purpose um, for, uh, for us, that we can be forgiven uh, uh, for the failures that, that we've carried in our hearts and, and in our lives as secrets. Go and tell that the curtain's been ripped uh, apart, that, that Jesus by his death upon the cross has opened up a way and that you are invited in the most living love relationship with Jesus possible today because he's alive today you can meet him today he's alive he'll speak to you if you listen he, he'll listen to you if you speak to him go and tell that through um, confession of your sin through repentance through surrender of your life you can enter into the most loving friendship with him do you know the amazing thing 
that in um, those days the Jews would not allow women to give evidence in the law courts because in those days, just much like the Taliban today, women had no voice, counted for nothing in that society. And the Greeks also completely discarded the witness of women who they said was unreliable, hysterical. And that's why this story speaks of authenticity. Look, if the early disciples had just made up this story, they would not have used women, the testimony of women, because the testimony of women wasn't seen as reliable. But the reason that they used the testimony of women is because that's the way it happened. It really is true. This really did happen the way that, that Mark records and for us. And I love the honesty of the Bible. It wasn't like as soon as those men disciples heard um, from the women uh, that Jesus was alive, they said, yeah, great, I knew it was going to happen. That's not, look, look, look what Mark says, it tells you. Um, Mary Magdalene went and told those who had been with him, the, the 11 disciples. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. At first they said, no way, no, no way, I don't believe that. And, and then um, there was a two member walked on the road to Emmaus. They returned and reported to the disciples, the men disciples, but guess what? They did not believe them either. And then verse 14, the, later Jesus himself appeared to them and, as they were eating. And listen, this is what he did. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him risen. They said, why didn't you believe the eyewitnesses? That's what Jesus would say to us today. Why don't you believe it? It's the truth. It really happened. These folks are truthful witnesses to my resurrection. I am alive. And if I'm alive, I'm here today. And I can reach right into your heart and I can change and transform your life. Just like he did for this man. And Dr. James Tour, you've probably never heard of him. I'd never heard of him. He's a Jew in New York. And uh, the mic's all over the place, so I don't know where it is. <laughs> um, so he's alive today. He's a Jewish man. Grew up, no interest in Jesus. Why would he? You know, he's a Jew. But then in college, he met some Christians. And he tells a story. Uh, uh, we'll play just a few minutes of it. Uh, just if we can play Chris, that'll be brilliant. Listen to this. I started meeting a number of people that said that they were born-again Christians, which was sort of an odd term. I was, what's born again? What do you mean, born again? One person saw me in the laundry room. And he said, do you mind if I give you an illustration of the gospel? And I remember we sat there, and he actually started to draw a picture. A cliff with a, with a man on one side, and he drew a little man, and then another cliff with God on the other side. And a big chasm in between that he labeled with sin. And I looked at him, I said, I'm not a sinner. 
I've never killed anyone. I never robbed a bank. How could I be a sinner? And he had me read a verse from the Bible. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In modern Judaism, we never really talked about sin. I don't remember ever talking about sin in my home. So he turned to another passage. Jesus said, I say to you that everyone who looks upon a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Pow! I felt just as if I had been punched right in the chest. Here I was, new in college. I didn't think anybody knew. I would pick up these magazines and I became addicted to pornography. It was just through those magazines. And all of a sudden, something that's written in the Bible, somebody from li who lived 2,000 years ago is calling me out on it. And I felt immediately convicted. And that now I realized I was a sinner. When I read in the scriptures, what sin is, then I knew I was a sinner. How am I gonna to get to God? We Jews know this better than anyone else. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. This description in Isaiah 53 of how he will bear upon himself my sin, the things that I had done, and this was him, this was the man that took this upon himself on the cross. The perfect God comes and gives himself for us. He is the one that gives himself for us. I started to realize how Jewish the New Testament is. This book is so Jewish. The New Testament is so Jewish. It's all around Jewish people. And then on November 7th, 1977, I was all alone in my room. The realization that Yeshua is the one who died on the cross. And I said, Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my life. And then all of a sudden, someone was in my room. And I opened my eyes. I was on my knees. I opened my eyes. Who was in my room? That man, Jesus Christ, stood in my room. This amazing sense of God. Jesus was in my room and I wasn't scared. All I started doing was just weeping. The presence was so glorious because he was there in my room on that day. And I didn't want to get up. And this amazing sense of forgiveness just started to come upon me. That was him. this Jewish kid from New York City. What am I going to say? My cousins were shocked. How could... Wow. Do you know, as a 17-year-old at my bedside, I just got down and invited Jesus into my life. I felt absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not even that. And that really worried me because I thought, have I not done it right? Has it not worked? Has he not come in? He had such a sense of the presence of Jesus. I had nothing. It really doesn't matter. It only matters that you take Jesus at his word and believe his promise that he is alive and that if you confess your sin 
and invite him into your life. He will come in and forgive you your sins. And if you surrender your life to him, he will take over, take charge, take control, and he will lead you into a real loving relationship with the Father. Folks, two wee things just to finish. One, we need to believe that. We need to believe that. If we're ever going to reach the people of this community, we need to be absolutely convinced that that is true because otherwise we have nothing to sing about, nothing to shout about, nothing and no good news to share. So I want you to be convinced that what you are reading in his word is absolutely trustworthy and absolutely true. And I want to say to you, if you're here with doubts and with questions, that's okay. Look, it's okay, it's brilliant that you're here with those doubts and questions. I'd love in a very gentle, Mark would love in a very gentle way. We're not going to push anything at you, shove anything with you. I always say, I want to shine Jesus, I want to share Jesus, I want to spread Jesus, but I don't want to shove Jesus. Because I didn't like it when people shoved Jesus at me. But I, we do want to help you work through those questions and come to discover Jesus is alive in Bangor today and that he can save and change and transform your life here and now and then for eternity. I've said to Linda, you know, I'd love to put on my gravestone these words, Christ is risen, there is nothing to fear. Christ is risen. There's nothing to fear. I'll leave you some wee booklets at the front, you know, just if you want to find out and something more, or want to take some to a friend that you think, you know, they would, would find it helpful. Folks, I always say this to you, I love to pray with people. If you've got a wee worry in your heart, or you're physically not well, or there, there's something, you know, I, I love praying with people, and don't go out through the door, Today, if, if you feel in a gentle way, um, I could pray with you or some of us could pray with you. We'd love to do that. We'd love you to go out through the door different from the way you came in. Will we pray and then we'll sing our final hymn. What do you think God's saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? you're loved that God sent his one and only son for you in Jesus name Amen Final hymn see what a morning gloriously bright let's stand let's worship together
and just um, to read prayers to finish with. I'd love us to pray these together and just, you know, as we go out through these doors. So we just want to live not perfectly, but authentically for Jesus uh, this week. So we pray this uh, after three and then the grace together. So one, two, three. Lord, help me to go out through these doors and in the strength of your spirit to live authentically for you this week. And then bless one another with these words. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Great. Chat to each other before you go. That would be brilliant. <laughs>